You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? And before we start, a quick welcome to our newest sponsor, Hammerhead. Use code MURFOLOGY at hammerhead.io to get a free heart rate monitor with your Karoo 2. So Ragbride 2022 is history, and what a ride it was. It was like my, I don't know, 25th or 26th Ragbri, and I may have to call this year my favorite. The weather was beautiful, and not only did I get to ride my bike all week, I was also lucky enough to be part of the Ragbri social media crew. It gave me a new and fun perspective on the ride that I thoroughly enjoyed. And the highlight of the week was meeting a famous YouTuber that I have been following for a very long time. And OMG, he agreed to come on the podcast. So here it is. Ryan Van Duzer is on to share his Ragbri experience along with some of his other bicycle adventures. So an unexpected canceled Sweden trip gave Duzer an opening in his schedule and he jumped on the chance to come to Iowa to enjoy Ragbri again. A lifetime Boulder, Colorado resident, Ryan has spent all of his life enjoying the outdoors and now inspires others to get out there. He documents his adventures on YouTube at Doozer TV, and his amazing videos are the reason a group of us did the epic San Juan Mountain Hut to Hut ride back in 2020. You can hear all about it in episode 55. Doozer calls Ragbri the most amazing bike event in the world, and of course I agree. I love that he loves my home state almost as much as I do. So here's my interview with Doozer. All right. Well, I'd like to welcome Mr. Ryan Van Doozer to the podcast. Hey, Ryan. Hello, hello. It's like to be here. Or should we call you Doozer? Like, do you have? Do you go by a nickname? Yeah, a lot of people call me Doozer. I mean, as growing up as a kid, that was like the cool way to address me. Yeah. But I, I don't ever introduce myself as Doozer. That sounds a little silly. Like, hey, I'm Doozer. <laughs> <Yes>. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell people my name is Ryan, but people usually just pick up and call me Doozer anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, my name is actually, people might not know, but I do have a real name, which is Kathy, but most people call me Murph. Yeah. And as life has gone on, I now start introducing myself as Murph. But it's probably because <laughs> of this podcast, because... You know, when people see me, they'll be like, are you Murph? And I'm like, uh, yeah. all right. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So for listeners, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, but like I've been following you for a long time. Um, and by following you, I don't mean literally like I'm not <laughs> in your home. Are you right behind me right now? <laughs> I'm peeking in the window and I, okay. I like that shirt you have. Thank you. Oh, it's a good shirt. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's the Doozer and Murph podcast show yes. shirt. Wait, wait, where's mine then? That's crazy. Oh, it's in the mail. <laughs> okay, but anyway, um, okay, listeners, don't do it now because I want you to listen to this interview. But when we're done, go to YouTube and type in Doozer TV and you'll get a taste for what this man has done. Um, and Ryan, I mean, you're a bicycle adventure junkie for sure. 
But mm. I've also described you as a filmmaker, a TV personality. Of course, I just mentioned being a YouTuber. But there's so much more to you. So hmm. how would you describe you? Well, I'm a mama's boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm born and raised here in Boulder, Colorado. And I grew up with the great outdoors right outside my back door. So I've been very fortunate and lucky to have grown up in a town like this that really values nature and exercise and bikes and running and all sorts of fun stuff. So, um, you know, I've always just really loved being outside. Mm -hmm. And that is what led to my career, essentially, is I, w I wanted to start a show about uh, going outside and inspiring people to get off their couch couches to challenge themselves. So way back in 2006, I started a public access TV show Whoa. inspired by Wayne's World completely. <laughs> and the show was called Out There. And I would run around Boulder with a little Sony Handycam and film these goofy little adventures and make a half-hour show that would play at public access. And that's how my career got started, you know? And I loved it. It was fun. It was exciting. I didn't make any money because it's public access, so I lived in my mom's basement for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why maybe I'm the mama's boy. <laughs> and slowly have made a career out of this whole crazy idea of you know going on adventures and inspiring people to get out there. And I will count myself as one of the people you inspired, and specifically... Uh, it was the San Juan Hut trip that you did, which mm. was the Hut to Hut, and yeah. um, I, I would, I don't know if I can really say I have any mountain biking skills, but mm. we shared your videos amongst my friend group and found eight people willing to do it, and we did that trip. And I'm still not a mountain biker, but holy moly, that was one of the most epic adventures I've been on. Yeah, but the, 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 they do a good job at those adventures, and they're beautiful. And the mileage is attainable and, you know, you know, you don't have to be an expert to pull it off. And then you don't have to carry a lot of gear because the huts have all the food and sleeping equipment. Yes. Yeah. Which what was the candy bar that you were? So oh, the nut, nutty bars or whatever they're called. Uh, no, uh, um, no salted, salted nut, nut rolls. rolls. Yes. Salted nut rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Those are still gross in my book. <laughs> <laughs> but I caused a lot of YouTube controversy because I ripped on them in my videos. And people in the comment section really went to town about their love for salted nut rolls. I, I'm sorry. I am one of the people that love salted nut rolls. I mean, <laughs> they won't melt in your bag. Like, come on. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's a plus. But I just, <laughs> yeah. When you have a choice between a salted nut roll and a Snickers, I mean, come on. Oh, yes. Easy choice. Okay, you're right. You're right. I would for <laughs> sure snick, pick the Snickers every time. So, yeah. okay. So, um, you know, beyond San Juan Huts and like beautiful I guess you'd say the entire U.S. is beautiful at some level. Yeah. But you said you live in Boulder. And mm -hmm. also based on your videos, I know you can almost walk outside your home and be on trails and in nature. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Boulder and biking. I'm actually sitting outside right now under a tree behind my apartment looking at the foothills. I am steps away from all the, the trails oh, in this wow. area. Yeah, but Boulder's always been a really bike-friendly city. Um, starting way back, I don't know, in the 70s, the city really started prioritizing safe ways to get around town by bicycle. So we have over 350 miles of bike lanes and bike um, paths all wow. around Boulder. 
which is very unique. I totally realize that not every city is like this. Most cities in America are very dangerous to ride a bike, mm-hmm. but uh, we are what they call a platinum level bicycle friendly city as described by the league of american cyclists and there's a handful of these towns around the united states davis california i think fort collins is actually one and um yeah so it's a place where you'll see lots of parents riding their kids to school on a cargo bike you know or you know families going out on their day trips and you know we have the elite athletes here because we're at high altitude and all the the pros like to come here and train in the mountains, but it's just really a great place to ride a bike. I've never had a car in my life. I vowed to never drive essentially when I was a young, young guy. And so I ride a bike everywhere and do all of my grocery shopping and errands and everything on a bike. Wow. So you are in the perfect spot because it's such a bike friendly community. You can, you have the luxury to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that I live here. And, you know, I think a lot of other cities around the nation are finally realizing, okay, this is important to have bike friendly infrastructure because the number one reason why people don't want to ride bikes is because they don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And my mom is in that bucket. And so if we can make more protected bike lanes and more bike paths where people feel safe to ride their bikes and not get, you know, run over by a car, I think that's a good thing. And cities across the, the country are are finally getting it and putting money into infrastructure, which is exciting. Yeah, and I've I've talked about this before, and I work from home now, so I don't actually commute, but, like, your mind is in a completely different place when you ride your bike to work versus get in a car and deal with traffic and just the hubbub of life in a car versus a bike. Totally. You know, you think back to some of your best childhood memories, I'm guessing a lot of you out there listening, it's when you learned how to ride a bike and you feel the freedom of of two wheels and you get to ride past the confines of your little neighborhood and you get to explore. And that's the same feeling I get every day when I ride a bike and many other people. So I think if we can get more humans riding bikes, I think it sounds crazy, but society will be better as a whole. I mean, it, it solves a lot of a lot of problems. Yes, I agree. And one other thing to point out about Boulder um, that I've also seen on uh, some of your social media sites is uh, Boulder has this really cool cruiser ride, right? Is yeah. that is that weekly or monthly? It's weekly, Whoa. and today's Friday morning, so I was out there late last night cruising with all my buddies. And I've been doing this since 1999, over 20 years. I started cruising when I was in college. Back then, it was a fairly small group, and the idea was just to have a group ride that was not about exercise, really. No spandex. We get dressed up in costumes. We have, you know, bells and horns, and we have bikes that carry loud stereos, and we ride around town and whoop and holler, and we wish everybody a happy Thursday, and it's so fun. I absolutely love that. We need more cities to adopt, you know, recreational rides like that. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, more and more cities are doing it, which is great. You know, it's just a fun way to meet people. If you came on the Boulder Cruiser Ride, you'd see a slice of Boulder that you wouldn't see, you know, on the the typical mall or something. Yeah. You know, you get a little bit, little bit of everybody. Everybody feels comfortable. You can be a bit of an outcast or a weirdo, and everybody's welcome. A quick interruption to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Hammerhead. The Hammerhead Carew 2 Cycling Computer helps you find your path forward and unlock your full potential on every ride. For a limited time, listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Carew 2. Visit hammerhead.io 
right now and use promo code Murphology at checkout to get yours. I use the Hammerhead Carew 2 and love it. The full color touchscreen display is intuitive and responsive. It feels more like a smartphone than a GPS device. It's easy to read and if you use it for navigation, you can route, reroute, or create pin drop routing on the fly. In the turn-by-turn directions, they've saved me a couple times already. Check it out at hammerhead.io and use code Morphology at checkout. Now back to the show. Okay, well that segues to my next topic, a little bit about weirdos and costumes and recreational riding. You recently spent uh, at least a week in the great state of Iowa. Yay! Yay! So (laughs) everyone knows, uh, I talk about it all the time, but... Uh, the oldest bicycle tour in the world happens here in Iowa, and it's called Ragbri, and it happens the last week of July every year. And I believe that you've done this multiple times. I know at least twice, but yeah, I've done it five times. Now. What five times? Yeah, so I love it's a it. it's a seven day tour across the state of Iowa, and I'm pretty sure Ryan, you will say that Iowa is not flat. People mm-hmm. sometimes think that because all they see of it is driving on the one interstate that goes through uh, west yeah. to east, which is Interstate 80. So beyond that, tell us your RAGBRAI experience for 2022. First of all, I loved it, and Yay. I wasn't planning on it initially. I was supposed to be in Sweden oh, wow. riding my bike from the Arctic Circle down to the bottom of Sweden. But 24 hours before the flight, the uh, airline went on strike and all the itineraries were canceled. So I was bummed out for a few days and moping around Boulder. And then I was like, wait a second, now I can do rat ride. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, put everything together. And originally I was just going to go alone. And then I was like, wait, maybe my girlfriend Amelia can get a week off of work and come do rat ride with me. So she somehow finagled a last minute uh, week long vacation. And we both went out there together. And it was it was so great to be back in Iowa at Ragbri amongst all the wonderful people in cornfields and um, pie vendors and, you know, slip and slide people. It was so fun. I loved it. And uh, I got to meet you actually in real life, which was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, I know we've done a podcast together a couple of years ago, but being able to see you on the road and I, I don't remember what I said. I think I'm like, are you Ryan Van Duzer? Or, yeah. I mean, of course I knew it was you because your helmet. Yeah. I think Amelia asked me, you know, how did you know it was Ryan from behind? And I'm like, that helmet. Yeah. That helmet is memorable. The but, evil Knievel looking yeah, helmet. Yeah. Um, but I think that you had all of your gear on your bike. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Every time I've done Ragbri, actually, I carry all my own stuff. I guess we're called baggers. Yes. Well, in, in Iowa, typically you're called a dirty bagger because, you know, dirty bagger. <laughs> you might not uh, be able to get a shower. But I, I'm assuming since you were on the Ragbri route that you had a few luxuries like water and food along the way. Oh, yeah. Ragbri is the greatest tour. You know, it was Amelia's first time doing an overnight bike tour. And I told her, I was like, this is the best way to do it because you don't really need to carry food or water. There's aid stations, aid stations every few miles. And, you know, the people are selling food and pie and fun stuff. So it's uh, it's a very comfortable way to go on a bike tour. And then at the end of every day, speaking of showers, 
I always look for the town pool. Yeah. And we go to the town pool, we jump in the pool and cool off, we take showers, and then you can usually find a camp spot right next to the pool, and that's that's how I do it. And you, you know, when you say you're a bagger, what you mean by that is you have your tent with you, you have your clothing, you have everything, so you don't need to go find a support vehicle or the official ragbri trailer. Like, you're just set. Wherever you decide to camp, you got everything. Yep. Exactly. And I love the freedom of that. I can, I have everything I need at all times. And if I want to stop at a certain place and hang out and throw up the tent, then I can do that. Yeah. How would you describe the riding as far as, um, you know, the terrain of Iowa, but of course the fact that you're surrounded by, I don't know, upwards towards 20,000 other cyclists. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, it's the only organized bike tour I've ever done with other people. Usually my adventures, I am solo on my own in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) There are definitely no Amish people selling me pies out (laughs) on the Colorado trail. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's, I love riding with all the people. I love energy. I love huge groups of people. You know, I run races a lot and I love just the community and everybody's supportive and fun and rag rides kind of like the Boulder cruiser ride where you'll see a little bit of everybody out there. It's not just fast people in spandex on $10,000 road bikes. There's people out on unicycles and cruiser bikes and fat bikes and mountain bikes and people who just pull their old Schwinn out of the barn and jump on rag ride for a day. And it's just, it's, it's just heartwarming and welcoming and I love it. And so I, so I hope for the rest of my life that rag ride will be a part of my summers. Yes, I hope so too. And you know, Ragbri 50 is going yeah. to be happening next year. So I'm really excited and curious to see uh, what's in store for us. Yeah, I hope they get, you know, all the bands they play all week on the stereos, you know, the classic rock. Maybe they can get them all in real life and have an <laughs> ultimate concert. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, speaking of awesome, let's talk about your sweet bike because mm. I don't know if it's the bike that you rode on Ragbri, but I know that you're responsible for actually helping design. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah, so during the pandemic, March of the pandemic, everything got shut down, all of my travels. And I have a very close relationship with Priority Bicycles in New York City. And I called them up and I said, hey, I know that, you know, you mostly make like round town commuter style bikes, but I want a mountain bike. That's really what I love doing. And let's uh, let's let's design a mountain bike. They said, right on, let's do it. So I went back and forth with um, some of the people at Priority with design ideas. And we put together a really cool hardtail bike packing adventure machine that's low maintenance because it has all of the internal gearing and the carbon belt drive, the Gates carbon belt drive, and it's just a bomb-proof adventure bike. And I did not ride that on Ragbri this year, but my girlfriend Amelia did. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, which was really fun. And um, yeah, so it, it's cool to have a bike out there with my slogan on it. There's a, It says, get out there with a little outline of the Boulder Flatiron Mountains, the famous mountains. Oh, wow. So wait, are you saying that other people could buy that bike? What? Yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't just build it just for me. I want to, you know, to share the, this dream bike with the world. And essentially that's what it is. It's like, I've always wanted to design the bike that I would want, you know, with all the perfect specs. Cause I've had lots of different bikes over the years and some are good here and some are good there, but they don't have everything. This bike to me, has everything and it's exciting. It's called the Priority 600X, but you can call it the Doozer Cruiser. Ooh, 
yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's another thing back to Ragbri. What's fun about it is you're on pavement, I would say 99% of the yeah. 400 and plus miles. But I was the same as you guys. I was on an adventure bike. I had bigger tires. Um, I have a steel frame. But yeah. it didn't really matter because, again, it wasn't a race, right? This is a recreational yep. tour. You're looking at all the things. You're stopping and taking pictures and seeing the Am Amish people with their pie. So it was more about comfort, and yeah. you nailed it. I mean, if you found the bike that fits you and is perfect for your adventures, you know there's somebody else out there that will say the same about your bike. Totally. Yeah, and I saw a few other of them out there. So it's, it's exciting. You know, we started selling the bike in July of 2020 and people have it now. And I saw some on Ragbri, which was exciting. Yeah. All right. So go to priority bikes listeners yeah, and 600 X check out the 600 X. I have to talk about some of your other adventures because like you said, most of the adventures you do are solo and what I would call really, really difficult. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, you're climbing through rocks and mud and, Snow. Snow. Like I saw one video. I think you were with, um, I can't remember her name, your friend. Oh, Dana. Dana. And you guys were on this beautiful, I don't know, dirt road, and it started sprinkling. Yeah. And your tires went from normal tires to full of peanut butter mud within minutes, at least on the video. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's, that it, looked. It happened instantly. <laughs> that looked so brutal. But anyway, give yeah. us some, I don't know, of, like, Tell us about maybe an adventure that you've been on lately. Yeah, so I've always loved pushing myself physically and mentally. I feel like adventures make me a better person at the end of the day. I'm more compassionate and patient and more connected to nature and to myself and with fellow humans who I meet along the way. So I really value my time out in the woods and you know, this past year, I did some pretty difficult adventures. I guess we can talk about the Colorado Trail, which oh, yeah. is a 550-mile hiking trail through the mountains of Colorado. But bikes are allowed on most of it. And this was by far the hardest bike adventure I'd ever been on. I mean, high altitude the whole time, extremely technical terrain, lots of hike-a-bike, pushing bikes up and down mountains, you know, summer hail storms and lightning storms. Mm. And it pushed me to my absolute limits. But, you know, in the moment, yeah, it might be a bummer and it might be very uncomfortable. But it's one of those things I call type two fun where afterwards you're like, wow, that was really unique. <laughs> and even though that was really hard and I was hating life for a little bit, I'm really glad that I pushed myself through all these tough times. And then when I do these things, you know, voluntarily, when I go on these adventures, you know, it helps me in my day to day life when things that I don't control you know, go out of whack or go south. I'm like, okay, everything's going to be all right. I've been here before. I can solve this problem. And it really does help me in my day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And somehow you can nail this down too, and it shows in your videos. But when you're on those long stretches and maybe, you know, hiking through three feet deep snow is not the perfect example, <laughs> but when you're having those long stretches by yourself, like how do you keep your mental game so positive i get a lot of these comments on my youtube video like how are you still smiling when you're you know pushing through a, you know 20 miles of snow on your yeah. bike <laughs> and you know it's i take the time to just 
really be present in the moment and be like, okay, this is hard right now, but I'm still outside. I still have a bike full of food and water. I'm going to be okay. Like if I had to stop right here right now, I could just put up my tent and be fine. And, you know, it's fun. At the end of the day, it's, it's all fun. I get, I'm playing outside and some days are harder than others. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, what I t- tell people a lot is like, okay, what if I did get frustrated or sad or angry and let my, you know, frustrations get the best of me, then that's not going to help at all in any of these situations. Like you really have to keep your head in the game mm-hmm. to keep moving forward. And for me, I, that's how I use humor. You know, I sing to myself or, you know, I just try to make it as, you know, comfortable as possible, even though it's extremely uncomfortable. Right. And I guess, you know, to be honest, you probably don't push the record button when you're really, really frustrated. <laughs> you know, sometimes I do. Oh, those do are you? the moments. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the moments that I think are really important to capture because otherwise you're just making videos showing all the triumphant moments. Yeah. And that's not. That's not very real. And I really, my channel has always been real. I want it to be genuine. I want to show people what I'm going through, both good and bad. And so some of those videos, you, you see me break down and I'm, you know, struggling big time. And uh, just like a regular movie that we go watch at the theater, like the tough parts are what bring the viewers in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you get you get, gain an emotional connection to the character. And uh, I've always tried to be very open with my audience about all sorts of different topics. And uh, I think uh, for me, it's it's almost like therapy. I get to talk to my camera out there in the moment mm-hmm. and just like say it out loud, which helps me. And then when I edit the videos together, you know, people comment and say, wow, you know, we really appreciate you showing the tough stuff because, you know, <laughs> it shows us that you're you're just a regular guy like all of us. Yeah. Do you ever, you know, like when you're in the editing mode, you're already back, you're gotten rest, so you, you know, you're that, what do you call it, type two fun? Yeah. You know, you're kind of forgetting all the really hard parts. So when you're editing, do you sometimes look at what you've done and where you've been and you're like, did I really just do that? Totally. Yeah, because in the moment you're just charging hard. And sometimes it's it's really, it's difficult to have a perspective of, of exactly what you're doing. But then when you finish, you know, a great divide or a Colorado trail, you're like, wow, I just rode my bike really far through some really crazy terrain. And I'm proud of myself. Yeah, there's definitely some videos I've watched where I'm kind of like taking a deep breath, like, oh, no, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And then you're kind of usually you're laughing or like, Ooh, like, OK, yeah. here we go. But you're still with us. You're you're obviously, yeah. you know, stay within your levels of safety. Yeah. And that's important, too, because at the end of the day, I want to come home. You know, I don't want to do stuff that's so crazy that I'm putting my life at risk. And, you know, riding a bike is inherently risky, especially if you're on the roads with unpredictable car behavior. And that's why I've been choosing more dirt adventures Mm -hmm. so I don't have to even deal with cars. You know, distracted driving has become such a problem that I just don't trust vehicles, drivers in vehicles anymore. Right. So I, I really search out adventures that are far away, which presents its own, you know, list of complications. You know, if you get hurt in the middle of nowhere, you might be in trouble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the stars that are in quite a hmm. few of your videos is Mira the Dog. And yep. I absolutely love every time that you um, either run into your friend John or you plan a trip with John. 
and John's the owner of Mira. So give us an hi- uh, like a highlight or two about Mira the dog. Mira is the most wonderful dog in the world. <laughs> if you've watched my channel, everybody loves Mira. She's charming and funny and nonstop energy, and she loves fetching sticks even after <laughs> you know a long day of bike packing. You know, in some mornings, you know, she'll wake up early and run out of John's tent and run over to my tent Aww. and start like batting at the tent for me to wake up and play. <laughs> so our energy really, uh, we, we connect really well. I have a deep connection with Mira. And I met them on the Baja Divide out in the middle of nowhere, Baja Peninsula, Mexico in 2020, just before the pandemic. They were on a ride of their own and I ran into them and John knew who I was from the videos and we ended up riding together for six days became really good friends and of course you know mira is along for the ride as well and (laughs) since then we've been able to to meet up a few other times Mm -hmm. they are currently on a worldwide dog packing tour he calls it so they're down in uh, southern mexico right now and i'll try to meet them somewhere down the road whenever i can yeah will you will you briefly describe how mira actually does these bike rides Yes. So John has like an extended rear, you know, bike. So it's a little longer and he has a, he has a basket that goes behind his seat. That's pretty big basket. And so Mira rides in the basket quite a bit, you know, if he's on flat ground or if he's on roads with lots of cars, but then there are moments when Mira gets to run around. If, if, you know, if John's going up a steep hill, there's no way that he can carry Mira up it. So he'll, he'll get her out. Mm -hmm. And she'll run alongside, and then she jumps in and out of the basket all day long. And they have an amazing relationship. It's really fascinating to watch them work together. It's almost like, you know, dog sledding or something. Mm. And everybody who comes across Mira, whether we're in a tiny town in Mexico or in Montana, immediately falls in love with Mira. She is a human dog. You know, some dogs just love humans. (laughs) She loves humans. She doesn't love other dogs as much, but she loves any human. And she knows how to charm them. And, and it's amazing to watch because she'll be in that basket. Um, I think she has little, I, I call them doggles, like dog goggles yeah. when it's, you know, windy or sandy. Mm-hmm. And then it, it seems like a pretty smooth motion where John will reach back and kind of let her jump down. Yep. And then she'll run along with you guys. And then, poop, she's back in the back in the yep. basket and resting. And it's, I don't know, I'm super impressed. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and he actually has her on a little leash that's tied around his waist. So he'll, if they're riding and he's, you know, in motion, he'll tug it and she'll jump out and run alongside for a little bit. And she's still connected to him. Mm-hmm. So she can't like run off. Sometimes he does like let her just run free. And then, you know, if he's going up a steep or if he's going down like a steep hill, he'll put her back in the basket and, and cruise down. And it's just in and out all day. I love it. And I'm sure Mira the dog is living her best life. Oh, she's got to, she's the luckiest dog in the world. <laughs> she gets to play every single day, run around and fetch sticks all over the world. Yes. Okay, and speaking of play, another really fun thing I love about your videos is when you're on long rides, you do what I'm going to call crazy fun things like <laughs> you cheer on trains and you do your ole ole in tunnels and like how yeah. did that come to be or is that just is that just the way that you are yeah it's kind of the way that i am <laughs> i sing to myself all the time i tell people 
when I'm in like hard moments, I sing Christmas carols a lot to myself. Oh, nice. It's because they're like comforting music and brings me back to Christmas time, which I love. Um, but, you know, at the beginning of every ride, I, I have a little chant that I've been doing since I first my first bike adventure riding home from Honduras back to Boulder. And it goes no crashes, no flatties, no, no whammies. And that's a play off a TV show back in the 80s called Press Your Luck. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. You know, where they go, no whammies, no whammies, big money, big money. And the whammies were like these little troll guys that would come and take all your money away in this game show. And when I was riding home from Honduras, I remember just saying to myself, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, just to kind of ward off the evil spirits. And then I added on no flatties, no crashies. And, you know, that's become <laughs> something that I do every day. And people have really... Uh, you know, I meet people all the time that say it themselves now. And then Olay, I love the Olay chant because yeah. I lived in Mexico for a while. I would go to soccer games and the whole stadium would be chanting Olay, 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 Olay. And I just love the energy of it. And so, yeah, whenever I go through a tunnel, of course, tunnels are fun to scream in because they echo. So yes. I always do the Olay chant through tunnels. And yeah, I, I want to have as much fun as possible out there when I'm on my bike. And me being a dorky goofball really adds to it. <laughs> That makes you who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, okay, this is a, a question I ask a lot of people. Um, and the question is, what inspires you to get back on the bike? Mm -hmm. um, but maybe you're just, it's just part of you. So you probably yeah. don't even need inspiration. Not, I mean, there are times where I get a little burnt out from, because I exercise a lot. And sometimes my body's just like, give it a rest, buddy. <laughs> you know, earlier this year, I was feeling pretty physically burnt out. And, um, I just kind of had to chill for a while, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but getting the motivation back isn't hard because I know how fun it is. And for me, I don't have a car, so I'm always on my bike, whether it's just riding to the grocery store or something further. Mm -hmm. Um, but bikes are just fun. They really are fun. And I think that for me, it's, it's a huge factor in my everyday mood is getting on my bike for a little bit, getting outside, breathing fresh air you know, noticing a beautiful cloud in the sky or birds chirping. It's just the little things that you don't get when you're sitting in your apartment you're sitting in a car, mm -hmm. um, you know, bikes really put you out there, which is nice. And even if you're like, I, I just need to get on my bike for a few minutes. I doubt there's ever a time, at least I'm trying to think if I've ever had a time where I get done with a bike ride and I'm in a worse mood than I started. It just doesn't yeah, exist. Never. It doesn't exist. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yep. Okay, so not only are you a biker, you're also an endurance runner. Mm -hmm. Like what? So Like what? I know you do all these amazing, amazing bike adventures, but you also do super yeah. crazy long distance running. So yeah. which which came first, running or biking? Running did. Yeah, I've been a ah. runner since I was a little kid. We had like a 1-mile race every year at my elementary school. And I took that race really seriously mm -hmm. and I was a good runner. And so I would win this race and I loved the feeling of winning, but I also loved the feeling of running and moving fast. And from that point on, I've always jumped into local races and I ran in high school and I love running. Running is even more simple than riding a bike. All you need is a pair of shoes. Yeah. And so on a day-to-day -day level, I run more than I bike mm. for sure. And in the last five years, I've gotten into the ultra distance stuff, you know, the hundred milers. I did Leadville last year. 
and I love it. It's fun. It's another way to push my body. It's definitely, I wouldn't say as fun as biking. Biking is definitely more fun, mm-hmm. but I, I do love the simplicity of running and just putting on some shoes, running out my door and just exploring the foothills near where I live. Yeah. And not only are you doing like ultra long distance, like for example, you, um, videoed yourself doing mm-hmm. I think it was the 100 mile it might have been Leadville yeah or some long distance right so not only are you out running epic distances you're like have your arms stretched out and you're like <laughs> filming yourself and filming others around you and you're maintaining your high energy and your excitement like holy crap that's amazing yeah it's fun you know I like to document not only bike adventures but my running adventures as well mm-hmm and uh, people always say, you, don't you think you could run a lot faster in these races if you weren't busy filming all of them? And I don't know if that's true because the, the camera helps take my mind off the pain. <laughs> like if I'm mile 80 of a 100-mile of a race, I pull out the camera and start talking to it about what I'm going through. It kind of just helps me process the moment rather than just keep it all in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Well, do you have any upcoming adventures that you want to share i'm gonna do the leadville 100 again here in august august 20th bike so or I've run been, uh, run oh, yeah no way that's coming right it's up it's coming right up so i've been training quite a bit for that and um, i don't know exactly what adventure i'll do this september or october but i will definitely find something to do there's a trail called the oregon timber trail that looks really nice it's kind of like the colorado trail it goes all the way across oregon and uh i don't know i'm always open to new things and i have a long list of adventures i just have to you know make them happen sure well until you get your next video up we have to make sure listeners go to doozer tv you can get caught up in hours and hours of watching you on different adventures and i can tell you you've inspired me in more than one situation, but hopefully other people are as well. Oh, I thank you so much. Yeah, that's the that's really the goal at the end of the day is to show people something that they may not think is possible for themselves. And then, you know, baby steps, they go out there and do it. Yeah. And I get emails every single day from people saying, oh, man, I found your videos and I pulled my bike out of the garage after 20 years. I pumped up the tires and I went on my first bike ride of 15 miles and it felt so good and then on the other end I get people who go right across the country and it's changed their life and Mm -hmm. so that's really the goal with my content and I love hearing from people well if people want to follow you obviously I mentioned doozer tv on youtube what other social outlets do you have I'm pretty active on instagram that's a good one and my handle is just at doozer d-u-z-e-r and I do twitter and all that other stuff but youtube is really where I put all of my heart and soul. Excellent. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story about, you know, enjoying Ragbri here in Iowa, but also just all the other adventures you do. Yeah, it's I loved it. I loved meeting you in real life at Ragbri this year finally. And you know, Iowa will always hold a special place in my heart and that's 100% due to Ragbri and the wonderful people I've met over the 5 years that I've done it. It's the most amazing bike event in the world. And I, you know, I come home and I tell everybody about it. So hopefully the 50th next year will be the biggest ever. Yeah. And now you know what it means when people say Iowa nice. 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's the nicest state by far. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Have a good one. A quick interruption to introduce our newest sponsor, Hammerhead. The Hammerhead Career 2 Cycling Computer helps you find your path forward and unlock your full potential on every ride. And listen, for a limited time, listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Career 2. Visit hammerhead.io and use promo code MERFOLOGY at checkout to get yours today. Now back to the show. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology and visit both my Facebook and Instagram pages for daily entertainment. Also, a quick shout out to Simmons Electric for sponsoring this episode. I have more great episodes in the pipeline, so I hope you continue to be a Murphology podcast listener. Thank you.